This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Dev Asur, Season 1, Episode 11 Pradhan the Gandharva guarding the Shasana fumed at the great betrayal unfolding in front of his eyes the Asuras were laughing with cruel joy at the sight of the blockaded entrance to the cavern the vile magic that created the obstruction sent foul bolts of crackling energy into the skies every time one of the devas from within tried to tamper with its integrity What foul treachery is this? growled Supradhan. The Gandharva was watching over the Shasana at the edge of the battlefield. He looked on helplessly at the plight of his fellow devas trapped within the cavern. A kind of treachery you don't say coming, the Shasana said with a wicked smile. At that exact moment, two yakshis who had sneaked up behind Supradhan plunged long daggers into the back of the gandharva pinning his damaged wings to his wounded flesh <coughs> supradhan cried out in pain and dropped his bladed staff as the yakshis put pressure on the blade pushing the sharp metal deeper into his torso till their tips poked out of his chest <coughs> the shasana chuckled as he explored the barding that protected his steed to extract a short sword from within a hidden compartment he wielded it menacingly in front of the crying gandharva's face i told you boy you should be careful with your provocations supradhan choked and coughed he spat out gobs of crimson on the shale but then surprisingly he started laughing what is that to laugh about pig The Shasana inquired. You fool! You think Commander Tejas would let you walk all over us so easily? Look to the east, you fool! Supradhan said through a veil of pain. The Shasana stood up and looked in the direction indicated by Supradhan. His blood froze. hundreds of deva soldiers emerged from the forest they were reserves that tejas had maintained to attend to scenarios like this 
It even hosted an artillery unit featuring ballistas loaded with mighty spears and trebuchets that could launch fireballs. The Gantharvas, Yakshas and Apsaras in the rescue party roared with great fury at the Asuras. Die traitors! they shouted. The Shasana's resolve wavered for a second. Then with a lightning-fast swipe, he slashed Supradhan's neck and shouted to Dumaka, Form a defensive line. Break the hope in the heart of these fools. Dumaka and his hundred-strong platoon rushed to form a defensive line. The Devas did not tarry. Their artillery pounded the Asuras with spears launched from fierce ballistas and fireballs shot from the lethal trebuchets. Long bolts of sharp metal skewered Rakshasas and Kuberas like meat being readied for the oven. Fireballs slammed down into the midst of the traitors, exploding in a shower of hot oil and flesh and black shale. Arrows pounded into exposed faces, and javelins with sharp tips found gaps in the armors worn by the Asura warriors. Charge! shouted Dhumaka. The Shasana approved of Dhumaka's strategy. They had to close the distance to even have a chance at surviving the brutal assault. The walls of bodies collided in a frenzy of violence. Angered by the unwelcome intrusion, the Shasana laid into his Deva enemies like a man possessed by the god of violence. Flanked by his Yakshi bodyguards, the Asura Swordmaster sliced Apsaras in half and hacked off the heads of Yakshas. His Yakshis threw deadly chakras at Gantharvas who dared to approach their master from the skies. Confident that they had the prowess to crush the numerically inferior Asuras, the Devas engaged their enemies in furious melee combat. The Shasana lunged forward and stabbed an Apsara before pulling out the blade and slashing across the belly of a giant Yaksha. The Yakshi protecting his right flank was crushed by a Yaksha's mace, and the Shasana slashed diagonally to lop off the legs of the enemy who deprived him of his protection. He cleaved and gutted any Deva soldier who dared to step in front of him, thinking that he was vulnerable now. When the Shasana's second bodyguard was also killed, Dhumaka joined him in a festival of blood and gore. Together, they formed a storm front of martial brutality that saw Gantharvas pulled down from the skies and turned to pulp by Dhumaka's mace. Brave Apsara swordmasters were shredded beyond recognition by the Shasana's sword strikes. Crushed skulls and torn limbs and bloodied carcasses littered the battleground. Soldiers slipped on the gore and body matter that covered the ground beneath their feet. But for all their antics, the Shasana and Dhumaka were on the losing side. 
the numerically superior Devas, and their artillery engines of death had reduced the Asuras to a squad of ten fighters. The Shasana had just disemboweled two archers and kicked them down to the ground when the dire nature of his situation dawned on him. He had been so lost in a state of violent frenzy that he did not notice the decimation of his army. It was always going to end this way. The Asuras, after all, were pitted against a force superior in bodies and equipment. Dumaka and the surviving ten Rakshasas formed a protective ring around their commander, the Shasana, as the triumphant Deva forces surrounded them. You will have to go through me before you touch a single hair on our Sena Adhikari, Arakshasi said. Shabash! Dumaka said, smacking the pauldron of the Asura soldier who had displayed bravado in the face of impossible odds. Do you dare test our resolve, Deva dogs? Dumaka spoke up. The Shasana searched the faces of the Deva soldiers wringing them. He found anger and a resolve to right the wrongs inflicted on their compatriots inside the cavern. A Gantharva commander in golden armour, his helm crested by an orange plume, stepped forward and demanded, Who is responsible for the treacherous sorcery barring the entrance to the cavern? Which of you traitorous bastards is capable of such potent blood magic? Why don't you step forward and find out? The Shasana said defiantly, knowing fully well that these would be his final words. The Deva forces took one step forward in unison, their weapons pointed at the helpless but daring group of Asuras. Answer me, traitor, who is wielding this blood magic? The Gantharva commander bellowed. And you will have your answer, a voice said from behind the ranks of Devas. Golden-armoured soldiers turned as one to face the source of the statement. Chaturjagan, dressed in a white robe, wielding a skull-topped staff coruscating with magic, walked determinedly towards the Devas. He was flanked by Vidyuman on one side and a lion-headed human hybrid, Desha, on the other. Next to his heavily armoured escorts, Chaturjagan looked vulnerable, but his eyes shone with arrogance as he addressed the Devas. I am the creator of that magical barrier that will trap and end the lives of your fellow soldiers in a matter of moments. Chaturjagan looked at the small band of Asuras and smiled. Then he turned his attention back to the fuming Deva ranks and said, I see you have trapped my allies. The truth is, my friends, you are the ones who are trapped. Saying this, Chaturjagan thrust his staff up into the skies. A tear appeared in the firmament, which spewed forth storm clouds and bright flashes of light. The Gantharvas in the Deva regiment raised their Marathaka staffs for protection from the sorcery, and the Yakshas and Apsaras 
readied their weapons to slay the wizard and his companions. But nothing could save them from the bolts of sizzling energy that rained from the skies. It cracked with a thunderous sound as it slammed into the bodies of the Deva soldiers. Their forms jerked and juddered as their skin bubbled away from the intense heat assailing their forms. Die! Chaturjagan said venomously as he raised the staff up higher, triggering an intense barrage of lightning strikes that melted armor and vaporized bodies. The Devas did not have the chance to throw even a single weapon at the great wizard. Such was the speed and vehemence of the attack. When he was done, Chaturjagan collapsed into the arms of his son and his lion-headed bodyguard. Black charred bodies that leaked white fluids were spread in an arc in front of the great wizard. Father, Vidyaman said, wiping his father's sweaty forehead. I am okay, my son. We have one more thing to do. Lift me up. Lift me up, Chaturjagan said. Vidyaman and the bodyguard lifted Chaturjagan up and helped him walk towards the Asuras, who were thankful for his timely intervention. You have my thanks, the Shasana said. The other Asura soldiers bowed to Chaturjagan. We are allies. This is a battle we fight together, Chaturjagan said. Yes, and I hope you have managed to convince everyone on your side as well. The Shasana said, eyeing Vidyuman suspiciously. My word is like Bhagavan's word to my people. The wizard said, releasing himself from his son's grip. Now for the thing we came to do, Chaturjagan said. The great wizard took a few weak steps to face the bloody battleground and the mouth of the cavern at the farthest end of it. The dead bodies of Devas and Asuras and Danavas littered the bloody soil. Their weapons, soiled by gore, lay beside them like newly unearthed artifacts from another time. They would be fossils one day, these pawns in the great game for Swargaloka. Watch closely, my fellow Asuras. See the beginning of the end of the Deva Empire, the Shasana said. Chaturjagan blew on his palms. A turbulent swirling ball of brown granular matter materialized out of thin air. As Bhagavan said in his sermon on Mount Meru, when the hour of cataclysm arrives, I will descend on my chariot of vines and blow gently into my palm. Flames shall rise from this simplest of acts and burn the worshippers of false gods. Saying this, Chaturjagan pushed the magical construct forward. Tiny brown tentacles grew out of the sides of the conjuration, and it trilled seductively as it raced towards the entrance of the cavern. Chaturjagan fainted and fell to the ground, overcome by the exertion caused by the sorcerer's act.
Tejas Indrasena Belvir and Shreya had managed to mercilessly kill every Dhanava that dared to block their escape to the surface via the stairs. They were covered in blood and gore and their armors were beyond repair. The only surviving members of the disastrous underground operation burst through a set of wooden doors into the vast space of the cavern. It was littered with the dead bodies of Dhanavas and Devas. Swarms of flies moved from body to body to consume the I-core cresting the open wounds. The smell of shit and piss and despair assailed their senses. From what they could see, the Dhanavas had given the Devas a difficult fight. Only a hundred or so Deva soldiers survived and they looked worse for wear. They had assembled in front of the dilapidated shrine at the centre of the cavern to listen to the instructions of their commander, Dharmaj. Senadhikari, Dharmaj said in surprise when his eyes fell on the new arrivals. Dharmaj and Tejas abandoned protocol and hugged each other. Dharmaj's eyes then fell on Indrasena. Sena Prabhuk, he exclaimed before taking a knee. The rest of his company joined in. Up, Indrasena said. This is Sena Adhikari Tejas's operation. You will be guided by him. Dharmaj stood and nodded before turning his attention back to Tejas. You have seen better times. I could say the same of you, Tejas said with a smile. Dharmaj nodded and said, I take it that this magical barrier won't come as a surprise to you. Tejas looked at the glowing barrier in wonder and said, Yes, it would surprise me. What is that? Indrasena said, wide-eyed. A death trap, Belvir offered. Shreya looked at the Apsara archers in Dharmaj's company and they shook their head to convey that traditional weapons were useless in impairing the barrier. We have tried everything, Commander. The magical barrier just won't come down, Dharmaj said, lifting up his staff. Well, you haven't tried it with me, Tejas said, unsheathing his sword. Let's see if my Agni Marathaka and your Apas Marathaka can get us out of here. He turned to Shreya and said, If I fail, if I don't come back for whatever reason, you are in charge. Get these soldiers out of here alive. Kabada, you would... Dharmit said in surprise, before casting a quick glance at Belvir the Yaksha. You're surprised that the command would go to an Apsara woman. Tej said. I... Dharmaj hesitated. Shreya stepped forward in anger, but Indrasena held her back. After being adopted by Indra into his family circle, people had conveniently forgotten that Indrasena was once an Apsara. That was the power of privilege. It hurt her to see that prejudice still reigned in the hearts of some Gandharvas, whose discriminatory zeal made them closer to the Kuberas in deeds and thoughts. I have a perfect response for you, but it will have to wait. Come, Tejas said to Dharmaj as he marched towards the entrance. Shreya saluted Tejas by slamming a closed fist against her left chest, 
and the others, including Balvir and Indrasena, followed suit. Then Indrasena stepped forward and called out to Tejas, I am coming too. No, Sena Pramukh, it's too dangerous, Tejas said with concern. Suddenly, a pulsing ball of energy that glowed with the intensity of a thousand lamps floated in through the barrier. It was composed of pixelated brown squares of matter and a bright bluish light spilled forth from within. It seemed to grow larger with each passing second as it floated up to the center of the ceiling right above the shrine. A thrumming sound radiated from its insides and bounced off against the walls of the cave. Strange silhouettes resembling the profile of Leviathan demons filled the walls. It resembled a shadow play that told tales of horrifying dimensions yet unknown to the viewers, who watched on in fearful fascination. Tejas and Dharmaj fired their Marathaka energies at the globe but it consumed the energy from the magical attacks without issue and continued its exponential growth. The Deva commanders looked at each other in confusion as the thrumming sound transformed into a sharp whine. It filled the cavern and built in intensity, sending a wave of anxiety through the hearts of those assembled underneath its infernal dimensions. Are there no other exits? They just shouted over the din at Dharmaj. No, we have checked. Other than the tunnel, which leads to the prison under our feet, Dharmaj said. It's gone, they just said disappointedly. Then he nodded at Shreya. Soldiers, throw everything you have got at the barrier, Shreya shouted in a desperate bid, even as the sphere grew larger. It was so huge now, its roiling surface was merely meters away from their bodies. Giving up on the sorcerer's sphere, Tejas and Dharmaj joined the rest of the residents of the cavern and attacked the magical construct barring their exit to the outside world. It was a last-ditch effort to escape whatever terrible fate the wicked conjuration of light and shadows was designed to break. Shreya could see the brown pixels transforming rapidly into cubes and spheres and shapes that didn't even have names. In the blinding blue glow that rested in the heart of the infernal globe, she saw tendrils of pure white smoke. It was like looking at alien matter that formed the building blocks of some hellish dimension that was anathema to everything their own world held dear. She tore her eyes away from the phenomenon and continued pelting the buzzing amber barrier with weapons. Swords, daggers and arrows bounced off against the honeycombed wall harmlessly, but the magical Marathaka attacks by the Devas was finally starting to dent its robustness. Small gaping holes began appearing at the centre of the structure, teasing a glimpse of the world beyond, 
offering them a chance at freedom. Come on, Tejas said with frustration, looking at the gem on his mace, which was cooling down. Indrasena was holding on to a divine necklace on her chest, featuring a thunderbolt locket and praying for her uncle's aid. Noticing this act, Belvir said, Given that the weapons are not working, I will take prayers, thanks very much. The sphere behind them grew silent and stopped expanding, just as it was about to envelop them. But it still blazed with intense cerulean light. What now? They just said looking at the sphere, just as a burst of magic returned to his sword. But Tejas didn't get another chance to fire at the barrier. The malevolent spherical construct exploded. It blazed for an instant like a sun and filled the cavern with blinding white light. Then it shrunk with lightning-fast speed into a tiny white sphere before disappearing. It was not the only thing that vanished. Not a single living deva present within the walls of the cavern escaped the powerful aftermath of the explosion. Their life forms were gone. They disappeared as if they had never existed in this plane of reality. Only the dead remained. <laughs>